All right, so we're back with another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and this is part two of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast Awards, where Dylan, myself, and we've brought a few guests along. Some of our nominees for Guest of the Year have joined us to help us uh, present some of these awards and also to see maybe one of them are the winners for Guest of the Year. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. As we are underway from the Champion Soccer Stadium, Are you ready, Orange County? This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. And joining me as he does each and every episode, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how's everything going for you today? It's going all right. I've had a pretty decent Wednesday and uh, and happy to be on. And and as always, we're glad to have you on with us. Uh, and we've, uh, like I said earlier, we brought a few guests along. And one of those guests that we brought along uh, it covers Orange County Soccer Club for Angels on Parade. And that is Alicia. Alicia, welcome back to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Thank you very much for having me back. I really appreciate it. Really excited. No, no problem. And we're glad to have you back. We're glad to have you uh, with us whenever you get a chance. So thanks for uh, making your way back here with us. Uh, and we've got another one of our nominees for guest of the year. Been with us a few times, I think, uh, on the social media universe. They call it a podmance between Orange, Camp, Orange and Black Soccer Cast and 1868 Weekly. And of course, we're talking about their host, John Macaluso. John, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me on my show. I appreciate it. It's nice to be back for the <laughs> fourth time. <laughs> I know we're gonna have a, a a battle between Alicia, between you, and then we had um, uh, who's a Cameron that joined us during the playoffs quite a bit. I, I think there's gonna be uh, we're gonna try and keep a running tally of how many times these guests join us to see who gets that uh, that ultimate prize for most appearances on the John Macaluso orange and black soccer cast angels on parade, whatever you want to call this, this big old gigantic jumble of, of amazing podcast work, I guess. <laughs> but uh, the reason we brought these two on is a, they're some of the nominees for our guest of the year, but they're also coming on to help us discuss some of the other awards that we're going to discuss. Uh, if you joined us last week, or if you listened to our last episode, we did really uh, or present or let everyone know some of the award, uh, Winners for some of the, um, geez, I'm stumbling on my words now. 
I'm watching uh, John uh, drink his eggnog out of that big old mug, and I'm I, I think I I'm just having a Dylan reaction to this. I completely forgot I have some. I'll be right back. Yeah, everyone. Get out right of here, back. man. I, I got this ready for you. Look See, at this. The, the, <laughs> it's not full of eggnog. Don't worry. The, the funny thing out of all of us, Dylan's the only one that didn't have to say I'll be right back because we'd have no idea that he's left unless we ask him a question. And he doesn't respond because yeah. uh, all we see is his mug in that uh, that fan picture there. Uh, but no. <laughs> <laughs> last week we re uh, released some of the winners we let everyone know what was what went on uh with that and now we're coming back with the second and final part of our uh, awards we have eight awards to discuss today so it's definitely a packed lineup here we're gonna go by one by one on these awards let you know the nominees who won and then all four of us will get on and discuss a little bit on our thoughts on these awards sound good for everyone sounds great yeah let's do it Woo. <laughs> so first word we're going to uh, start off with, we're going to start off with our Midfielder of the Year Award. Um, the nominees for Midfielder of the Year were Kochi Hashimoto, Aiden Quinn, Richard Chaplo, and Christian Duke. And probably one of the easier ones to sort of determine who the winner was on this. It ended up being Aiden Quinn, picked by you, the fans, as the midfielder of the year for Orange County Soccer Club. I'm going to go to Dylan first because I talk with Dylan all the time. What are your thoughts on Aiden Quinn uh, winning this award? Well, um, since I just got back with my eggnog, um, what what award are we going over right now? <laughs> midfielder of the year, Aiden midfielder Quinn. Midfielder of the year. I mean, no disrespect to, um, to Chaplow's last month or to Duke's long run of form, um, both pre and post um, broken nose, but who else could you give it to? I mean, in all honesty, no one else had the effect, I think, on the club that that Aiden Quinn had this year. Um, just week in, week out, all but seven minutes of the season, stat leader in the West, almost in the entire league itself. I, it's, it's hard to say that anyone else deserves it. Um, I think Quinn's um, impact is is easier to quantify in the stats that are kept by the league and that um, maybe... Christian Duke's defensive efforts are a little less um, quantifiable, but yeah, I, I got to go with everyone that voted for uh, for Aiden Quinn here. Well deserved. What about you, John? Uh, as an outsider watching this team uh, up in Reno, uh, I don't know if you you followed much of what Aiden Quinn did this year, but uh, it, was this sort of an obvious no other option for the fans to vote on this one? Yeah, I think so. He's he was one of the 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 two names. I'll say three because Andre Rawls is is a very good a goaltender. Um, but yeah, he's he's one of those three names on the team for you guys that other teams fear. Other teams, you know, think and game plan around uh, the other two or the other one, obviously being Ed Voldson. Um, so yeah, I'd say good pick. Uh, I I can't. I swear I voted uh, in in the uh, the thing as well. And I'm fairly sure I voted for him as well. So obviously I agree with the fans and me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, good pick, guys. And I appreciate you uh, taking your time and, and voting on our awards. And we that's we sort of opened it up to whoever wanted to vote. It wasn't just for Orange County fans. Now, of course, a majority of the voters were uh, followers of Orange County. But we appreciate you and anyone else that jumped on and voted uh, whether you follow the club or not, uh, Alicia, you cover this club. You've uh, covered them for for years now, and so you got a, a close look at what's going on with with this club. Uh, do you sort of uh, echo what has been said by John and Dylan that this again was an obvious pick for midfielder of the year for the for the team? 
I do. I mean, I think the the only thing that might make it a little bit ambiguous was that I think Quinn kind of came on, um, you know, after a couple months of getting his, his sea legs a little bit. And I think maybe in the first couple months, I think Duke did a good job kind of locking down the midfield and, and giving a platform for the attacking players. Um, and in that time, I think uh, Quinn was pretty quiet. But um, as the season wore on, I think he got stronger and stronger. And then by the end of it, it I mean, he was basically unstoppable. So um, yeah, I mean, I think this one seems like, I think among the categories, one of the most obvious ones for sure. Yeah, I, I will I will sort of agree with Alicia there as far as just sort of the start of the season maybe wasn't the strongest for Aiden Quinn. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely when you look at the whole piece of work, I mean, you can't really look at anyone else. He was one of the league MVP nomination uh, players uh, from the club. We actually had two. He was one of them. Uh, and none of the other nominees were involved in that. Uh, Dylan, did you have something to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I I, I got to agree with Alicia there. That that idea that basically um, Duke had the better start to the season. I think um, I was really excited with uh, with Duke that first month and, and didn't actually rate uh, Aiden Quinn that highly. Um, he never seemed to really sprint anywhere, and uh, I wasn't too thrilled with that, but as things came into form and as I think the entire team kind of found uh, that identity that they were searching for, everything uh, came into play. And I think then once they were working together, that's when we, we got to see uh, Quinn shine really. Yeah, definitely. Um, I need to check some technical issues right now. So I don't know if uh, you guys want to continue on with just your thoughts on that really quick. I mean, I got some eggnog that I'm willing to try. <laughs> I don't remember the last Try time. You got it here? No. Try it right now. So this I think very it's second. about 10 years since I've had eggnog. Um, don't know what to expect with the pumpkin spice. And there's no brandy or rum. Expect, rum in expect heaven, sir. <laughs> it smells like sugar. I'll let you guys know how this is. All right. So thank, thank you for covering with eggnog there. Um, now, I just had to double check some stuff because uh, one really of good. my... I, I run with two computers here right now while we're doing this. And one of my computers was saying that the... Uh, video brought uh video had ended or, or dropped because of uh, uh internet issue or something like that so i just wanted to make sure but it looked like at least what we had going on kept going so hopefully uh no issues going on with any of the other stuff there um so let's do this let's move on um to the next award we can discuss and i'm going to hand it off to dylan to help present goal of the year all right so we did uh we had three main um goal nominees this season for goal of the year. We had Aiden Quinn versus um, Oklahoma City to put uh, to give Orange County the win in the 95th minute. We had Michael Seaton versus Phoenix. Um, and then we had, of course, no powder against Salt Lake and 37th um, chipping uh, Jake Leaker to give Orange County the lead in the 37th minute. Um, and the win actually went to that goal, Noah Powder versus the Monarchs in that 5-2 victory. Um, hard to say I don't agree with this one. He was about 50 yards out, just got the ball off of a really, really poor clearance, looked up, and then decided to go for it. Um, and it was his third goal in three games. He was having a, a really good run of form right then. And <laughs> I mean... I think everyone on the CLC was loving it, and uh, I'm sure Jake Luger wasn't because we were giving him a lot of stick for <laughs> the remaining hour left in that match. 
Well, and um, it, it's a pretty ballsy move by by him to take that shot to begin with. Even if if the goalie's out of position from where he took that shot from, uh, you have to have some some guts in you to to attempt that that type of goal. Uh, like you said, Dylan, he was on a nice run of form during that time, um, so that probably helped play into a little bit. He had, his confidence was was riding high there. Uh, Alicia, uh, you cover the team. I know you probably saw that goal. Uh, what what are your thoughts? Uh, it does is that the? I guess would that be your choice out of those nominees for goal of the year, or do you have a, a different opinion on that? I mean, I think aesthetically, it probably was the best goal of the season. Um, you know, like you said, it was it was audacious and not something you were expecting uh, from that part of the field um, against that opponent and uh, from that player. Even though he was on a roll, I mean, you would not have expected him to you know, just loop the ball in like that. Um, I mean, I, I'm guessing John doesn't have sort of the encyclopedic uh, memory of all of Orange County's goals over the season, like, you know, the rest of us do, which is okay. You know, he has headspace for other things, like, I guess, Reno's goals um, over the season, maybe. Um, but, you know, it's, it, I think it's telling that this Golazo is something that we don't even really talk about in, in terms of the season. Like, the season was so good that we're not even talking that much about how amazing this goal was. Like, I remember at the time being astounded at how good it was, and then we just kind of moved on, and there were more goals, and there was more excitement, and uh, it wasn't something that was quite, you know, this touchstone moment because there were so many of them this season for the team. So I, I, I say all this to say it was a great goal, but I think we were really spoiled as far as, you know, good moments this season for this team. Now I'm looking at you, John, uh, you know, when you're hearing about this goal that we're talking about, do you actually have an idea of what the goal was, or do you remember that goal at all? Um, either watching USL highlights or watching highlights of this match by any chance? Ray, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to go ahead and uh, plead the fifth. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was going to sort of ask you maybe what your thoughts are and how you would compare it to Reno's goals. Uh, but, uh, we can sort of avoid that on that. Just, uh, I'll, you know, join in with, with, uh, Alicia on there though. I mean, it was one of those things where, uh, I would, I would assume if, if we didn't have the successful season that we had this year, this would be one of the more talked about things at the end of the season, but because orange County, you know, finished first in the West came one game away from, uh, making the USL cup, uh, final there. Uh, this this sort of took a, a backseat to all the other big news uh, that we saw from the club, which sort of disappointing because it was sort of uh, Noah Powder's moment in the spotlight for this team. He was on that great run. Um, this goal sort of just sort of is the the top pinnacle of that run that he was he was on. So, um, but no, definitely probably just in all aspects of it. You know, the other goals were great. Nothing against Aiden Quinn's. You know, awesome game in. Like Dylan said, the 95th minute, I believe, against uh, OKC. I mean, that was probably up there. But yeah, the Noah the Noah Powder goal was was just amazing. I mean, even if we talk about Aiden Quinn's winner there, we don't equalize without a sweet, sweet Noah Powder free kick into the the lower left hand corner to to give us two two an extra time. <laughs> so, and I but think yeah. that was the goal that really killed Oklahoma. So you go, Noah Powder, you go. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. So we've gone through midfield of the year, goal of the year. Next, we're going to talk about forward slash wing of the year. And I'm actually going to hand it off to one of our guests here. We got John uh, that's going to present this award. So John, yeah. let us know who the nominees were. I got you guys. The nominees are Thomas Ennevoldson, Mark 
Segbers, Giovanni Ramos Godoy, and uh, Michael Seaton. And uh, do we? Do you want me just to announce the uh, winner? Yeah, go for it. All right, this is a big surprise to everyone, especially me. Uh, Thomas Enavoldson is the winner of this award, chosen by you, the wonderful fans of Orange and Black. No, of Orange County, both. Fans of both. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I agree with this award because he was the name that we all feared prior to OC coming into Reno and getting their butts kicked. <laughs> you had to throw that in there, right? <laughs> I had to, yeah. I, I've been getting criticized for not having no, enough trash talk, but <laughs> you, you guys got us, man. I mean, you knocked us out of the playoffs, so I don't really have much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the one that scares you most throughout the season, one of, of our attackers, but he's the, the, the scariest, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I kept um, – I'm a big – I really like uh, goalkeepers. Um, so I, I had my eye on Rawls for, uh, for a while as well, but yeah, Anna Voldson was the one I was, I was always concerned about. Um, I remember having a conversation with someone who worked with, uh, the Reno soccer club and, uh, he was like, well, who should we, you know, keep our eyes on? And I was like, Anna Voldson, that's the guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so to answer your question in, uh, one word, yes. <laughs> If, if we knew you loved you know, or you focused more on the goalkeepers, we had had you on last week when we did the uh, goalkeeper slash defender of the year and Andre Rolls was the winner of that and also Loney of the year. So um, let's go to uh, Alicia, your thoughts on the Anna Voltson thing. Um, really quick before I go to you, my my statement is that probably is one of the other obvious choices on this along with the Aiden Quinn choice for midfield of the year. Uh, Alicia, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, anytime you have uh, two players who are – USL MVP finalists, you know, you, you really can't go wrong. Um, so it's not a surprise whatsoever, um, especially with how big the league is. I mean, it's not like there's five teams in this league. There's 33, there were 33 teams in the league this year, and two of these guys, you know, got pretty close to winning the MVP. Um, I think Enna Volton was fantastic. He clearly showed he was a cut above basically every other striker in the league. Um, I think Michael Seaton had a fantastic season. Um, but I think Anna Voltson had kind of an otherworldly season and, and, you know, it, it was the right choice. Uh, Dylan, let's hand it off to you. What are your thoughts? I think that's pretty fair. Um, last, I'd say month, month and a half of the season, we really saw Michael Seaton get into a, a really amazing run of form despite picking up a, a pretty big shoulder injury. Um, but getting us up to the position and holding us up in that position through most of the season was um and Voltson, of course and even i would i would say most of seaton's success um either came from an assist from anna Voltson or more um probably some of his um leadership and and his experience um on and off the pitch as well um so yeah i mean i agree with everyone with this one I, I think it has to be uh, in Volson. I mean, I, I think the only way Michael Seaton has any chance on um, unseating Anna Volson for this award is if he has the full season, what he had the second half of the season. If he had that that same production in the first half of the season, maybe you're talking about a battle between these two players for that. But Anna Volson came in strong, and he was just strong throughout the whole season. Um, he was probably... Uh, that uh, emotional force behind this team. I mean, you could see it on the field. I mean, 
I think we've talked about it as fans out in the stands. Uh, Dylan is, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He, if, if he doesn't like what you did, he's going to probably let it be known. Um, I, I have no insight. I don't know exactly what happened, but I, I have this thought in my mind that the reason why sellable wasn't with the team in the second half of the season is there was a little bit of a conflict between him and Anna Volson in one of the matches that I noticed uh, uh, sort of a, uh, Anna Volson was yelling at him and he was Selbo was yelling back. And I, I, and this is just my assumption is the club may have picked Anna Volson over uh, Selbo and they don't want to disrupt any kind of locker room chemistry with a potential, uh, you know, argument between players. And it was something to do with a, a bad pass or, or something like that. Um, but we saw that throughout the season with Anna Volson. I mean, he, um, He's he's very emotional out there on the pitch, but I think that helped once the the team sort of understood what was going on behind that. Um, that sort of played into this team and, and the way the team was able to perform, and he did it all season for them. So, yeah, and I think and, he really forced everyone to kind of be a little bit more professional um, and say, "All right, look, I've I've played in the Champions League, I've scored in the Champions League, I've played, I've represented for my country in the yeah. World Cup. Like I've been at this level." I want to make the best out of this, um, out of this experience, and um, kind of. I think he was dragging everyone else up with there that he was. He couldn't do it alone. He knew he couldn't do it alone. He needed them to, to be playing on that same level that he was. And so I think he found a few guys who were, um, especially in guys like Aiden Quinn and Michael Seaton and uh, Christian Duke and Kevin Olsen throughout the season who were capable of holding that level week in week out. And then we saw all that success come in. Well, and who knows if, if it's not for him, maybe uh, some of these other names like Kevin Alston or Yo Choyville don't even come to Orange County. Maybe him being there on this roster maybe made it more of a attractable place because you have this, like you said, someone that's been on the big stage that's willing to come play in Orange County. Um, and, and he's it's not like he's coming here at the tail end of his career. He's coming sort of more in the midpoint of his career. Uh, it's not, you know, the the retiree tour that some of the European players do to come to U.S. and just enjoy the weather and, you know, play U.S. level soccer for the last couple of years of their season of their career. So, um, any thoughts, Alicia? Yeah, I had a quick quick thing that just popped into my mind. You know, um, Quinn ended up taking the penalties for the season. He was successful at it. I mean, I think one of these ways that, you know, we we can kind of point to in Voldson's leadership is that he didn't take the penalties. You know, if he had taken the penalties, he likely would have won the golden boot. Um, but the fact that he let Quinn take it, I mean, you know, it may have may not have been fully his own choice, but, you know, he didn't put up a fight. He, you know, Quinn took the penalties. They both scored a lot of goals. Um, that arguably, you know, prevented him from getting the golden boot. But in the end, you know, it, it, it worked out for everybody. And I think bringing everyone in playing that playmaker role in addition to scoring all those goals. I think, um, you know, I think he just, he really was fantastic all around. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, I know he, he basically revealed he was coming um, to America and to the USL and to Orange County specifically to make a play to get into the MLS. And I think we could probably all agree that the season that he had with Orange County is, Define him as probably being a little too good for this league, um, and definitely being able to slot into the MLS into a into a, a high pressure, I would say, really really professional situation. I think he would he would do well and, and thrive. Yeah, agreed. And, and and that would be sad and sort of scary if not for the emergence of Michael Seaton and the fact that the the team was able to retain him. So 
Um, even if you lose Enavolton, I mean, I would hope that there would be any way to keep him. I would love to see it happen. I know he has his aspirations, um, but at least uh, if he is gone, we still have uh, a solid, capable USL striker in Michael Seaton that's tied up to the team. So that's that's at least a good thing there. But again, Enavolton, forward slash wing of the year. Um, so great with him. Uh, let's pass it on to Alicia. Alicia, I'm going to let you discuss or let our fans know which game was the win of the year for Orange County. Okay, so the nominees are <clears throat> uh, the 3-2 win over uh, OKC Energy, the 4-3 win over Phoenix Rising in Phoenix, and the 5-2 win over Real Monarchs at home. And the winner is 3-2 over OKC Energy, of course it is. Because uh, we all knew that that was coming. Um, very good win. Obviously, I think the emotional high point of the season, the regular season at least. Um, I think that one of those games where you come in and you say, wow, they really can win any game that they enter. Um, they have a chance. And this was kind of that that game that showed they, they truly do have a chance in every every single match. Unless they're playing RGV, uh, then yeah. apparently we have no chance of, of beating them for whatever reason that was. I know, John, you're familiar with RGV. You've played, you, your team played them. Uh, so, I mean, that was our quote unquote toughest opponent of the year this season. The The voting happened before, the, the voting closed like right when we played you guys in that last match of the season. So it may have been different if, if the voting would have stayed open a little bit longer. Uh, but anytime you can lose to RGV two times in a season and they're one of the worst teams, I mean, that's just disappointing. But other kryptonite, than that, random other than kryptonite. playing them, <laughs> other than playing them, Orange, Orange County had a chance pretty much every other night um, against any other opponent. Uh, John, let me throw it to you. Uh, your knowledge of any of the games that Orange County played, uh, the OKC Energy game where we scored not one but twice in extra time to come from behind to win. Uh, I, I know I. This is sort of my question on every on all of these. It seems is is that the obvious choice for fans to pick on that one? Yeah, I think so. That's another that's another one that fans outside of the team would know about. Um and and like definitely in the soccer chat uh for the uh BGN that we have, I know that well, a while back we were arguing about the uh the biggest uh comeback and that was your choice. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. So, yeah, I mean that's that's uh I know more about it because I've been on your guys' show so many times. <laughs> and yeah, and it's just a popular, you know, thing to talk about. And so um yeah, I mean that's a that's a gnarly comeback. Like that's that's awesome. I as as much as or as much or as little as I know about the club, I guess I would I'd have to go with that as well. Now I'm going to throw it over to Dylan now because Dylan, you know, is out there in the stands with the fans when that moment is happening, and th that moment's happening on that side of the field where the the Carolina Coalition set. Uh, what was the uh, the reaction from the fans during that match, Dylan? Well, I mean, I think we were all still choking from the smoke bomb that I'd set off from Noah Powder's free kick, um, and then that winner. What thirty seconds later, like the one open play after that. It, man it was insane we were going wild um and actually i had the the joy and the privilege of being at all three of these matches that were were up for um one of the year this year and i would say that was probably the most fun we've been having at the end of a match um playoffs included i think um everyone was really feeling it and i think that was the moment in the season where we realized 
no matter what happens, no matter if we play a bad first half, we can come back and the team will um, really unite and and get together and, and push to get that that goal to get back into it and that goal to equalize and that goal to win. They weren't going to settle for the the one point. Um, they were settling. They were uh, they were all in for three there. Um, and I remember talking to players after the game. Aiden Quinn had no idea that uh, Phoenix and Salt Lake had lost that night. Um, no one had any idea on the team that they were set to go uh, to the top of the table with that win. And they put their heads down anyway and, and got it done. And we were uh, definitely not enjoying all of it. <laughs> and sadly, I wasn't at that match. It's one of those matches I wasn't able to make. Uh, being the you know father of two, husband, have to take care of that part of my life. I can't make it to each and every single match. That's why I love having Dylan as part of the team because he makes it to a lot of matches uh, you know, that he can this past season. Uh, but just watching it, I think that was one of the matches where Dylan was like texting me you know, stuff. And I think I was out doing family things. So I actually wasn't watching it live. So I'm sitting there seeing what Dylan's saying. Oh, oh Dylan, don't, don't blow it for me. I want to watch it and be surprised when I see it. But uh, I just, once I saw his text, I had to go on and look at the scores and watch the video, watch the replays once it was posted on it. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Uh, I'm sure we can actually repeat any of those, those texts on the show. (laughs) As a fan of sports in general, I mean, anytime you can have something like that, some sort of great, you know, miraculous comeback that was, that seems impossible. I mean, it was pretty much if a movie ending to a game. I mean, the only thing that would have made it better is if it was the final against Phoenix. And that was the type of, of ending there, but um, you know, definitely a good pick by the fans on that one. Um, Let's move on just for time's sake. And let's get on to our next uh, award. We're going to discuss. And this one, we actually are just, uh, we had our fan of the year voting, and this was the one vote where we basically just had write-in vote. There, I didn't have any names I could throw out there because I wasn't going to alienate any fans that you know, or, or put names up there and then forget someone and then be hated by those people for not putting names up there. So we just opened it up to a uh, write-in vote for all this. So what I'm going to do, instead of announcing a winner, I'm going to just sort of read off all the people that were nominated by, again, you the fans – for fan of the year and then we can discuss you know just our thoughts on just the fans in general uh, so f- the, this will be our list of fans of the year as nominated by you guys the listeners of the orange black soccer cast so we had alex king blaine jenks reddit user madman 1101 i think uh, <laughs> another reddit user by the name of too slow mark green dylan from county Lion coalition hey. Uh, Carter Fenton, JT, and I guess someone put my name in there as well. So um, I, I definitely don't deserve to be up there with some of those names that I recognize on there just because I'm not one of those ones that's there each and every match, giving my heart and soul out in the stands, breathing in that toxic orange smoke uh, when we score goals and win games. But um, I will just call this out for fans. I mean, uh, I saw at least from when I went to the first game of the season to the Western Conference Final, a definite growth in some of these uh, supporters and even the fans themselves. You could see uh, the differences uh, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. And of course, a winning season will do that to a fan base. But it's good to see the growth of the fans and, and you know the club putting out an effort trying to market this team and trying to get people out there. Uh, we've talked about it so many times where there's no need to repeat that it's difficult in Southern California to get 
and especially in Orange County to get um, the attention of fans to come spend their money um, on a minor league team, quote unquote. Uh, but let me go to you, Dylan, first, because you're a fan as well. And you were, I guess, one of the winners of this or nominees for this award. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, it's a, a weird award. There's no way to really quantify or even say that someone necessarily had a an amazing season as a fan. Um, but <laughs> I I got to give it to the CLC. I mean, I'm biased as a part of it, but you know, we're out there. Some of us every game. Um, I think I missed one home game this season and, and went to a few away games. And there's a whole bunch of guys who go to away games um, just about every time they can. Um, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, that <laughs> the smoke hurts um, and it burns when it's hitting your eyes or your skin. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Oh, and it's also really hard to breathe in. Um, so when it's not windy and you're trying to sing after scoring a goal, it's probably less than great for your health. Um, probably have to go see a doctor and let you guys know if it's actually <laughs> toxic or not. But, um, you know, I think that's kind of the thing that makes this whole this whole club worth supporting is, is going and knowing I'm going to, hey, I'm going to go see 30 of my closest friends that we get together and we get in tight and we start singing and, uh, and trash talking opposing goalkeepers and, and having fun, basically. And uh, it's nice to go week in, week out and do that. And I think the players also appreciate it, especially uh, when they're away. So, I mean, from me, a heartfelt uh, thanks to everyone who uh, came out and supported this year. It was a lot of fun. And it was uh, everyone who was new. It was really nice to meet all of you who were new. And I'm just going to jump on with, uh, before I get to John and Alicia here, is uh, the the smoke Dylan's talking about. Dylan's one of the guys uh, that are out there in the support group that actually gets to light up that smoke. I tend to usually be next to Dylan when we score a goal. And he, I, I should know it's coming, but I just forget in the moment because I'm just like in, you know, engaged in the the excitement of celebrating a goal. And Dylan's getting there lighting the the smoke. And all of a sudden I just feel like hot sparks hitting my head or hitting my neck. Um, and then smoke just coming over. I, I was checking while Dylan was talking. I'm like, do I have any holes in my shirt? Cause this is the shirt I will wear to the games, our orange and black soccer cast shirt. I wear it to the games and I'm surprised I don't have any like burns in this from the, the sparks that come out of that or little patches of, of baldness in my head because of that. So, uh, no, but it, it's an, it's amazing. Um, uh, Alicia, you've been following this team now for a few years, I believe, uh, back you know when they were the Blues playing in UC Irvine. I think Dylan was along there too. But uh, just you know, can you give your thoughts on just where you, you've seen this team go as far as a fan base uh, from when you first started uh, covering this team to where we are today? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely say that I think the, the fan base has grown. I think at one point when um, they were playing at UCI, there weren't too many people showing up to games um, at that point. So it was, it was getting a little scary at that time, what the future was going to be like, but um, it definitely seems like it's rebounded and, you know, the, the team, it seems like they're putting down some roots and um, building kind of a sustained fan base. And hopefully that's something that continues. Um, obviously I think for the team, for this podcast and, and for the coverage that I do, I mean, all of us need the, you know, the fans and that fan interest. If, if we didn't have that, then nobody, nobody would be paying attention to what we do. Um, there would be no purpose. And I'll definitely say too, um, you know, not, not sort of trying to suck up here, but, um, you know, Ray, you sort of kind of shrugged off your nomination, but 
I mean, I think it's pretty obvious to all of us, anyone who does any kind of coverage when it comes to USL, it's a labor of love, right? Like you're doing it because you want to be doing it and because you enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> and so I think that that's, you know, you guys running this podcast week in and week out, um, you know, that's a testament to you guys. You more than deserve to be recognized for that, um, you know, for, for, for going through that work that um, is frankly pretty tireless at times. And, um, you know, I think Ray probably puts in a lot more time uh, in particular, Dylan as well, but I know Ray does the producing, which I know is really It's tough. all Ray. It's all Ray in the sense. Just lay it on him. Lay him on him. He always yeah. rejects it, but it's all him. Yeah, it, it, it takes a lot of time to do all this stuff. So um, I think you guys both obviously deserve some, some props for that above and beyond, um, you know, your support of the team in general. So. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, John, what are your thoughts on, um, I, 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 I know you're sort of an outsider and you don't really get to see how the fan base grows in Orange County. Uh, but I, you're, you're familiar with how it works in USL. It's not the, always the, well, I guess in Reno, maybe it's more of the first choice of what sports fans have to watch locally. Um, but you know, like I've talked about in here, it's, it's definitely not the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th choice for Southern California. Uh, what are your thoughts just in general, I guess, maybe of fans in general of, of soccer, USL, Reno, Orange County, whatever you want to chime in with. Well, I don't really know what to say because you just threw a lot at me. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah, in Reno, it's it's you know it was the third uh, um, professional team in Reno, but then you know the Bighorns moved to uh, Stockton, I think, and now it's the second. But people like baseball in Reno a lot more. Even worse, Nevada is ranked number five in the country for basketball, and so that makes it like way down <laughs> and like football is more important here too so we have like you know nevada's a big a big uh uh tier yeah. one college i guess you know yeah. for uh so they come first so it's it's interesting anyway um yeah no i mean yeah you guys don't it's okay to be a little bit uh conceited about the amount of work you put in your <laughs> podcast it, it's fine because you know i i get it we you know we put in a bunch of work and we don't make money off of it so it's not like you know we're raking in millions or anything like that. So yeah, you guys uh, should take that those nominations with pride that other people voted for you. Even though I'm sure Dylan voted for himself, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, but we're gonna have to do an episode with you, John. Uh, we're just gonna do our practicing our trash talk to each other, so that way <laughs> maybe when Dylan and I have to face Phoenix again and talk to some of their 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 media people again, we're we're more prepared for. Ramen Cole will love that episode. He'll be like, oh my God, it's yeah, the pod really. man. The hashtag pod man. It's between us, but then when you start talking about the Phoenix uh, thing between us and Phoenix, I I, I think it was, uh, there was someone on Twitter that, you know, put on when uh, the tweet came out from our Twitter account, you know, the, our Black Friday special and, you know, someone threw out the, the guy eating popcorn waiting to uh, see stuff from us in Phoenix or something. I don't know what it was, but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Reno and Vegas or yeah. Reno and Crapamento. Well, I, um, I but up until before this season, I don't think it, there was this heated heated rivalry between the the two fan bases. But I think because of what happened through the season and into the playoffs and that week leading up to the playoffs and what the fans did on the field after the match and all that fun stuff, I, I think that's opened up this whole new window of of a, a true rivalry, which I, I don't. I guess Orange County has been lacking a little bit because you can't really call a two team in, in Los Angeles, the rivals because mm, they're trash. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's good to see a rivalry. And, and I know, uh, at least myself, I know Dylan has said on here that he doesn't like to get into trash talk. He likes to speak after the fact and, and he'll, he'll, he'll do that. Then I'm gonna have to w- sort of work up on some of my trash checks. And next time we have to speak with some of these, uh, Phoenix fans, we're ready for it. So maybe John, we'll have to do something where we're going to just do a whole practicing our trash talk with each other. So that yeah. way, when you guys face Vegas, and when we face Phoenix, we're ready. Perfect. There you go. Love <laughs> it. And, and and you know, thanks for the props from the two of you. You two do the same type of thing, John. You do your 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 podcast for for Reno, and you have uh, I think what is it sports uh, sports something weekly? Um, yeah, Sportscast Weekly. Almost. Sport. <laughs> I wanted to say that for some so reason, close. but for some reason, my mind was telling me that's not it. Uh, but you know, you should, I guess, always go with your first, (laughs) should always go with your first gut instinct there. But, uh, you know, John, you do all that stuff. And and like you said, it's not something we pay for Alicia. You, you, you worked hard covering, um, back to, I think what Chivas USA back in the days with angels or what was it? Goat goats on parade, I think was what it was called back in the day. Then they went down and you started covering OC blues and then now LAFC's around. So, I mean, you, you've had to do a lot of work covering uh, these teams and it's 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 for people that don't know it's it seems like it's fun covering sports and doing media for sports but it is a lot of work um there's a lot of stuff that we do on the background that you don't see or you don't read that leads up to what you're seeing so whether it's you know having to interview players or you know research stats or watch games three or four times to see all the little nuances that happen i mean that's what happens on that so um Appreciate the the words from you guys, but also throw it back to you. I mean, you guys do a great job for what you guys do as well. So, all right, let's move on. Dylan, I'm going to hand it off to you. We are going to let everyone know who was voted for the fan favorite player of the year for Orange County. All righty. Okay, so we had, no, I don't think any of these are really going to be a surprise, but we, of course, had Koji Ashimoto, Richard Chaplow, Thomas Inivaldson, Michael Seaton and Aiden Quinn for our fan favorites of the year. Um, I'm not sure if the winner is necessarily too much of a big surprise anyway. Um, he's already taken a few accolades and I don't know if he's taking more. I don't remember exactly all the results, but uh, Aiden Quinn, uh, fan favorite of the year. So at least he won someone's favorite. I mean, it might not have been the USL's <laughs> favorite, but uh, oh. yeah. Well deserved. It's, it's a hard decision for me to say because obviously Michael Seaton is my favorite Orange County player, and obviously mine didn't even make the top the the, <laughs> the top five. So yeah, well, you know, he would have to not be relegated by a dude who's going to go slum it in Columbus or Austin. So, um, oh. yeah, you know, but it's okay, Ray. Uh, maybe next year. I love that Alicia and John both laughed at that, so they sort of already know who I was talking about there without me even having to say it. For those of you that listen. You know who I'm talking about. If you have no idea who my favorite was, go, go back and listen to our old episodes and find out. Um, because I'm not going to blow the secret there. You got to figure that out yourself now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alicia, what are your thoughts on this? Is uh, did your fan favorite player um, win this award, or did you have do you have someone else that you would consider your favorite? You know, I can't even remember who I voted for. <laughs> um, so just make it up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, race happy. no, the thing is, uh, I think that, I think that, um, you know, as I've been saying, I mean, it, it may sound a little bit like a broken record, but, um, to me, this was a likable team. It was a good team. Obviously when a team's winning, you know, things are good. Times are good. Everybody's having fun, but 
Um, I think this is a likable team. You know, there weren't a bunch of guys that you sort of was like, you know, you, you felt like, well, I'm glad he's on my team, but he's a big jerk. Um, you know, sometimes teams need those kind of guys, but they can be kind of um, difficult to, you know, reconcile rooting for, you know, a guy who's in like legal trouble and, you know, you sort of have to decide, okay, how much am I going to root for this guy or, you know, sort of come to grips with that kind of thing. We didn't have to deal with that, which was really nice. Um, you know, I I think they they were all all great. Um, to be honest, I haven't thought too hard about this since whenever I voted um, and voted for whoever I voted for. Um, but I can't say that I have a favorite, and I think that that's okay. You know that there there were so many guys who you know they seemed like they were having a good time. Um, they were winning. They were engaging with the fans. They were courteous to us when we wanted to talk to them so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm happy with this group. So I, you know, that you can't really ask for more than that. How about you, John? Do you agree with, uh, Aiden Quinn being the fan favorite for Orange County fans? Sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Come I, on. I mean, Who's your favorite so many times. I mean, I would expect you to be like super expert knowledgeable about Orange County uh, soccer <laughs> your fans. But yeah, I mean, I do host the show after all. <laughs> who, uh, who, but who would have been your pick if you? Uh, I don't know. You said you voted, so I don't know if you voted for this. I don't particular remember who I voted for though. I, I was thinking about it when uh, Alicia brought it up. I was like, uh, I don't remember either. <laughs> I think one of your favorites would either have to be Josh Hoyveld the first time when Reno came um, in the regular season or Alex Cronali when Orange County went to Reno the last game of the regular season. I think those would probably have to be your personal fan favorites. Uh, well, I think based on how those uh, games and, and the you, reason why Walker Hume should have been starting possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the pictures I sent you, Ray? Uh, I sent you the picture oh. of, your, of the OC's coach being very angry. You know, I, I remember looking through those pictures. I don't. I, I'd have to scroll through all my my no, text don't messages do to refine them. But uh, do yeah, but, no, uh, I, I remember. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I I remember thinking like, oh, I have to send him this picture. He was so <laughs> mad, like expletives all over the sideline. He was excellent. Mm. Um, and Ian Russell's all just chill. No, well, we got you guys back in the playoffs, so it doesn't oh, really yeah, matter. No, but um, yeah, no, I, I don't really have a. Uh, I think it's a really good point about I, I don't have a favorite. Um, well, I think I slightly have a favorite Reno player and it's, it's even, but I don't really have, you know, like a, Oh, he's definitely my favorite. I have to actually think about it. And I think it's because once you start talking to these players and interacting with them, you, you kind of just cling to them. Like I, I tell people all the time, I've never fallen in love with something as fast <laughs> as Reno 1868 FC. And it's just because, you know, you're around these guys and you talk to them. And I had a segment in the show for a while where I just got two guys and had general conversation with them about food, about FIFA and, you know, football, <laughs> all that fun stuff, American football rather. <laughs> but um, yeah, and you kind of, yeah, you kind of just fall in love with these guys, you know, and it's, it's hard to pick your favorite more so for us as journalists and you know media because we experience more of them than the casual fan. Yeah. So and like you know it's more more personable talking to Brian Brown or or excuse me Antoine Opino and you guys probably have similar experiences. So um, I get it. It. <laughs> it, it, it. It's it's amazing because I I think rarely did we like go up to a player and ask, hey, can I ask you a couple questions? And I don't think I ever had an experience where they said nope. I'm going to leave. The only times I ever got the no is if, if 
you know, something happened where the player, you know, or after a really bad loss or something like that, where the coaching staff said, Hey, we're not letting anyone talk to, to the players or something like that. But anytime I think Dylan, you can probably agree with me on this. Anytime we went and, you know, went and grabbed a player and said, Hey, can I ask you a couple questions? Alicia, maybe yourself too. Cause I know you've interacted with players. I, I think most of the time the players are more than willing to speak. Um, especially those players that rarely get an opportunity to speak with the media. They're always excited to do so. Cause you know, Hey, it's, it's their chance to shine and, and let it be known. I, I was a little surprised that uh, Andre Rawls wasn't one of the finalists for this, just because of his the way he interacted with the fans out there in the end zone uh, or end zone on the goal end line. <laughs> well, John's Jeez, talking about American football there, you know, <laughs> throwing me off. Um, but uh, you know, the just the way he interacted with the fans, I I was shocked that he wasn't one of the top um, nominees for this this award, just because of how great he was with the fans. Um, you know interacting with them after every match, you know, that he was on the field, he would go up there and he was always one of the first ones out there, uh, high-fiving counterline coalition and all the fans along the goal line there. Um, so that was a shock to me, but I mean, you can't really go wrong with any of those names that were named off on there. And I'm pretty much anyone on the team. You really couldn't go wrong with. So, all right, let's move on. Next we're going to do, we're going to do our podcast guest of the year, which we have two of our nominees here. Ooh, like Alicia's getting all excited. John's got a big old <laughs> smile on his face. Um, so for those of you that, oh, I need to jump on Twitter really quick because I need to see what the results were. So what we did is, of course, we did our, our fan votes. And then what I did late yesterday is I went onto Twitter and just asked, who you know, who do you think is going to win? These are our finalists. Who's going to win? Um, let me see if I can pull up what the results were on that. I mean, I've already got it open if you'd oh, like. Go for it, Dylan. <laughs> so what did, uh, what did everyone predict as far as who was going to be the winner of this award? Okay, so we had, of course, uh, Alicia, John, um, Dom from, well, what is it? Rising, Rising, Rising is One. Rising is One. Rising is One, yeah. Jacob from the Down in the Valley uh, podcast. And uh, Jacob actually pulled 39% of the uh, the vote there. Dominic pulled 23%. Alicia pulled 32%. And uh, John, you got a, a lowly 6% there, but it's like... A, like a 36 percent in my heart so you know. <laughs> i'll take that that's all that matters to me <laughs> that's what twitter said but we'll see uh we'll see what the actual results were yeah and, and i just sort of threw that i just wanted to see what people would thought and also just you know just you know just shamefully say i was trying to get some people excited about this episode here uh, and and reach out let the fan bases of 1868 weekly uh, down in the valley rising is one angels on prey know hey they're their people, their you know stars or whatever you want to call it, they were uh, going to be potentially picked as the guest of the year on our podcast. Uh, so those were the four nominees that Dylan mentioned there for this award. Um, the voting came through, and again, Alicia, Jacob, Dominic, John, you were the finalist, and our actual winner for this award from Angels on Parade was Alicia. Alicia, congratulations. Uh, do you have anything to say to the listeners or to your readers? Uh, you know, uh, I'm surprised. I told Ray that I was going to do it. It was an honor to be nominated speech. And so that's what I prepared. Um, <laughs> thank you very much to everyone who voted. Um, uh, obviously, it's fun coming on to podcasts um, and getting to yak about soccer. So, uh, Appreciate all the support, um, and uh, obviously to uh, to everyone who voted, thank you, and um, thanks to the guys for having me on the on the show. Obviously, that that couldn't have done it without that. So thanks. 
And uh, obviously with, with Alicia, she's been a big uh, part of helping us grow this podcast with, with uh, angels on parade has a great following of soccer fans. Uh, some of them have followed when it was OC blues and now LAFC and um, just anytime we can get retweeted by, by them or any of the other nominees or BGN. I mean, we appreciate it because it helps just spread our message to the, to, to everyone out there that enjoys this sport and possibly likes this team or potentially will like this team. Um, John, uh, you know, I know in Dylan's heart, you were the winner. Uh, I think there was other people on the Twitter sphere that were like hoping that it was going to be you because of this podmance we have going on between <laughs> our podcasts. Um, uh, what, uh, w- do you have anything you want to say to those that voted for you or, or anything? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, being on orange and black, uh, has just been really fun. I've enjoyed it. This is my fourth time on, right? So, so. it's definitely, if, if I came back after the first time, I definitely enjoy it, (laughs) which I do, you know, you're all fun people and, uh, Alicia congrats. Um, and, uh, no, thanks for voting for me. And I think more so voting for the Podmans. and rest assured, (laughs) I may have not achieved the award, but the bromance will, or the, uh, bro, I think, uh, um, Harry called it the bro pod mats, right? The bro nice. pod mats. <laughs> just the pod mats. The pod mats will continue. It could be a bro mats. I don't mind. Just, it will uh, continue. Just tell your lady. We gotta. <laughs> I gotta get you guys on eighteen sixty eight weekly. We gotta. I see, know. That's what uh, it really, yeah. See, that's where it really happened. This, if this was like a, a relationship right here, I mean, you keep coming over to our house, but we never get invited to your house. <laughs> Uh, I, I think if people are wa- looking at that on the outside, they'd be like, "Hey, there's something going on there. Who's, who's John hanging out with at his house? Uh, if it's it, not uh, those guys from the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, right?" It's uh, Dominic from uh, Rising. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually been the only guest on my show as of now. Um, Dreaded people from Phoenix. Uh, Dominic's really yeah. cool, but some of those other yeah. Phoenix guys. Uh, uh, I've heard well, yeah. some of the fans that apparently didn't like us. I, I don't know if you read any yeah. of the wonderful tweets on our show. And I mean, Hey, props to all the Phoenix fans. I've said it before. Cause you, that was the highest rated show we had is when we had the Phoenix guys on, uh, heading into the playoffs. And, uh, uh, I don't care if you liked us or not because you listened to us and you gave us numbers. So that's, that's all that matters. And I'm sure you're going to listen to us in the future. Cause you just want to hear all the stupid stuff we're going to say, just so you can bash us on Twitter again. Keep listening to us. Keep doing it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally agree. Don't stay silent on that. Silent on that. So. Go for the ratings, only for the ratings. I feel you. <laughs> I'm willing to say that I would be okay with a Phoenix business uh, throwing some cash our way for this podcast. I don't care. You know, but definitely <laughs> yeah, any listen. any local. You know what we should do is I'm going to listen to the Rising Ones po- as one pod, and I'm going to listen to their sponsor. I'll be like, hey, dude, come sponsor us. We're better. Still their sponsors. Yeah, so yeah, one of their sponsors. Yes. Sponsor concurrently, or you know, like except the, for roughneck scarves, because that's a BGN thing. They can, I mean, they can keep roughneck scarves, but any other, I think they have some scarves. indoor soccer place that we can try and steal. There we go. All right, we'll we'll indoor five hours to go play indoor soccer. Or indoor soccer place, like in Phoenix. Good. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. You have a Phoenix, <laughs> a business sponsoring your box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna reach out to all the businesses. That any of you want to uh, uh, sponsor us? You can sponsor us for like one cent. Um, <laughs> we'll reach out to ASU's um, Cronkite School of Communications or Journalism or whatever mm-hmm. it's technically called, and uh, that'll fit nicely, I think. <laughs> ASU sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> ASU sponsors the Orange and Black Soccer. That would be awesome. about UCI, the former home of our club, oh. the one that um, maybe we can't get them. 
Yeah, they don't like us. Well, also because it would be a conflict of interest because I work for them. So um, that would just would not be able to happen. I think it would be just like John trying to get University of Nevada uh, to mm-hmm. sponsor his podcast. It just would not fly. Well, now it would work, but a few months okay. ago it wouldn't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, well, there we go. So guest of the year, congratulations, Alicia. Congratulations to all the nominees and everyone that we put on there. All the guests that we've had on here, uh, we've never had a bad experience. We've enjoyed it, even with the guys from Phoenix. Uh, that, uh, I mean, we enjoyed our time with them, talking with them. And even we met them at the matches, uh, the guy from the, uh, Phoenix rising FC fan show. Um, well done who, you know, the other guys uh, from rising is one and I'm, it's, I'm, it's blowing my, my mind right now. I can't think of the name. I know we had Dominic one time. It was Aaron, right? Yes. Um, yeah, see Aaron, uh, anyone we've had on as a guest, we've appreciated it because, you know, worst case scenario, it's helping us spread our word and vice versa. We're trying to help spread your word. And and that's what this whole thing's about. And that's what BGM was about is just trying to network and and spread our voices across the country as, as a big old networked group. So, all right. So let's move on to our next or our final award. And I'm going to hand it off to Dylan to let everyone know the MVP. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We've got uh, four main contenders here. Um, I'll go starting from the, the back of the formation, working forward. First off, we've got Andre Rawls, and then we've got Aiden Quinn, Thomas Enavoldson, and Michael Seaton. Um, all four of these are really strong candidates, I think, and all four of them had big numbers and big influences um, on the club. Rawls was pretty, pretty solid all year round. Um, especially once he got back into the form post-injury. Um, Anna Volson, like we said earlier, really held us in there from basically the, the get-go of the season through most of the summer. Um, Quinn, of course, same deal there. Um, once, he got into, once he got into form with um, Anna Volson and Seton, we just saw things start opening up for us. And then, of course, Michael Seton. Um, hard to argue with a guy that scores a hat-trick in the playoffs. Um but this one actually went uh, to, and Ray, you were wrong when we were talking beforehand. This one actually went to Aiden Quinn by one vote, uh, 13 to 12 or 2.4%. So, All right, so uh, <laughs> yeah. this, this is one place where I'm going to have to jump in here really quick, Dylan, um, because it can be confusing when we look at our voting results. Did I look at it wrong? Oh, God. <laughs> you, you did. I'm um, so sorry, everyone. <laughs> Now I'm no, really what? not qualified to be doing this. Now the gig is up. <laughs> Everyone knows. No, no, no. What, what happened on this voting is because we released it and we left the voting open for about a month and it was done on Google Forms. And every week as players scored goals, I would update the stats. But what it did is it created a whole new voting level for that particular person. So when you are looking at it, yes, it does look like Aiden Quinn won 13 to 12. But there actually is another section of both Thomas N. Voltson and Aiden Quinn votes. And Thomas N. Voltson had four additional votes. Aiden Quinn had one additional vote. Um, so actually, in the end of it, uh, N. Voltson had 16 votes. Aiden Quinn had 14 votes. Okay, so everyone disregard everything I've said on this <laughs> podcast Let's do uh, until now. Um, we'll just I'll only talk about eggnog or something, I guess. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Here, here's the thing with both of those people. I mean... Either of them you can't go wrong with, really. I mean, they both were amazing for the, for the team in their own ways. 
Um, and of Olson, we closed our voting at the end of the regular season. So this sort of, I guess we should have named it regular season awards or whatever we want to call it. Um, that's where Anna Volton got the, the, the win as far as the votes. I know angels on parade and Alicia, they had their own poll after the playoffs ended and it ended up being Aiden Quinn at that point that was nominated by again, the fans for that. So timing differences maybe play a, a part here. Um, Anna Volton is our official winner, but I would say you can't really go wrong with either of those, those two players. Um, Alicia, I know you guys had Aiden Quinn as your pick. Um, what are your thoughts of Anna Volton? being the MVP and getting the orange and black soccer cast award. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Maybe the reading public and the listening public have different tastes and players. I don't know. You know, there's like a slight, slight difference between the podcast audience and the blogging audience. Um, no, I, I agree with you for sure. Um, like we've been saying throughout, you know, they're both fantastic players. They've been, they've, they had great seasons. Um, and yeah, they're, I think Anna Volton had a terrific season and on some level, the fact that a guy who scored 20 goals in a in a, in a season um, came very close to getting the golden boot was a best 11 selection uh, MVP, a league MVP finalist. Um, you know, we're sort of like, yeah, he might be the, he, he's a pretty good MVP. Um, you know, again, is testament to how strong the team was. Um, because he deserves it, but so do, you know, potentially a few other guys too. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, he, he was great. Um, yeah, it, it, they were spoiled. We're spoiled for choices this year, pretty much, which, which is uh, <laughs> always a good thing. Yes. John, what are your thoughts on Anna Volton being uh, voted by the fans of the Orange Black Soccer cast? Uh, yes. As, as MVP. You agree with it? Yeah. Two whole yeah. thumbs up there. Two. Yeah. If I had another hand, I'd give you three, but. <laughs> 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 All right, Dylan. So, uh, have you taken a drink of some eggnog? What are your thoughts on Anna Volson uh, being voted by the fans as MVP? Uh, I, I finished my eggnog. Um, <laughs> my, me knocking my mic off my desk a few weeks ago. <laughs> not the same feeling I'm having now. But uh, uh, also, not the same feeling I'm having about. Uh, Thomas and Volson being MVP or Aiden Quinn for that matter, or anyone on that list. They all could have won it. Um, yeah. I would have been very happy and would. They all had massive positives this season. Um, but yeah, basically, I think a guy who's up there for for Golden Boot, um, and like Alicia said, a guy who's up there for Golden Boot that doesn't take penalties, that's a yes. big a big part, um, I think. I think he would have easily won the Golden Boot there. I think uh, seven-ish goals of Quinn's were penalties this season, so... I'm assuming Edelson's got the quality to to finish all of those yeah. as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with the guy that gets you to the top of the table and then kind of holds you there, and then everyone else fills in that gap as well. So, well-deserved. Well-deserved. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so let's do this. Uh, time to start wrapping some things up here with the show because I, I, it's getting late, and I want to be able to do my uh, editing and stuff like that before I have to go to bed here. Um, we typically will just talk about some soccer news really quick before we get to the end, though. Um, does anyone have anything they want to discuss, just uh, uh, news in soccer, um, whether it's USL, MS, uh, MLS, you know, around the world? Uh, I know one topic maybe to talk about, um, but does anyone have any thoughts? 
actually, if I can ask Alicia, um, do you think any of the recently, and I'm going to go with uh, non-international players, but any of the recently released LAFC players will maybe find their find themselves a home a few miles down the freeway? Uh, it's I think it's possible, but um, you know nobody's really jumping out to me right now. So. Um, you know, considering the guys who did come on loan to OC were internationals, uh, Nico Zornamaz and Luis Lopez, I don't expect them to be back uh, with Orange County. So uh, maybe, but no, I don't know if I'm necessarily counting on it. Um, I definitely think that there's going to be some guys around the league, though, um, around MLS, I mean, um, whose contracts were declined or, you know, who have been cut loose who may get a tryout. And I definitely would expect, given the fact that we saw the connections that um, Braden Cloutier pulled this season in bringing guys with MLS experience over, um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we had, you know, two or three pickups next season who, you know, guys who had MLS experience and who had done, done well. So, yeah. How about you, John? Do you have any uh, soccer news that you want to discuss or... Um, uh, yeah, um, kind of. So I was trying to find, um, oh, I'm not sure I should word this. I'm a fan of Reddit and not paying for, to watch sports. <laughs> yeah, I watch, buddy. Yeah. I watch all my hockey, all my soccer and, uh, occasionally baseball. It's not baseball season, but anyway, a lot of sports. Um, and so I was trying to watch the, uh, PSG Liverpool game earlier today. It was on at 12:30, I believe, off the top of my head. 12:30, maybe a little bit later. Anyway, yeah. it, it doesn't really matter because I couldn't watch it because Reddit was being a expletive. And so um yeah, unfortunately I had to, and I had to dig for highlights too. They didn't make it easy for me today. I uh, went to YouTube, found a bunch of awful like you know, we're in the crowd, like way in the back, but I'm going to record the whole game with my phone. I mean, I watched a couple of highlights on that. It was pretty awful. Um, eventually, I found some. So uh, Neymar scored in the 37th minute, I think. So uh, you did not want to pay $2.99 on Bleacher Report Live to watch the matches, but what you're saying, basically. Do you want an honest answer, Ray? Um, yeah. Yes, you do. Then no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame hey, you. Any money saved is good money. It, it, it does suck. All these different leagues that are, are aligning with all these different online streaming services that you have to pay money for. Mm -hmm. um, I, I will say, you know, USL with ESPN Plus, it's a good deal because of all the stuff you get with ESPN Plus. You get the out of market MLS matches, you get Serie A, you get the Carabao Cup in England, you 30 get for 30. Yeah, you get 30 for 30. You get. Oh. Um, baseball stuff off of it or, or whatever you get out of it. But um, I, I, I'm not a fan of Bleacher Report with what they've done and what Turner's done with that, where it's like $2.99 per match or $10 a month or just for Champions League. Um, I get it. It's it's a big popular event, but I'm sorry. When you go from what you had before with Fox, where you could pretty much, pretty much watch every match, whether it was on uh, Fox Go or on the actual Fox channels, um, to this, luckily for me, I've only had to pay for one match so far. I'm a Tottenham fan. <laughs> I think everything's been on, um, one of the Turner stations except for one match. Um, so that's been good, but yeah, it sort of sucks, especially as a sports fan, when you have to now pay for like five different things. I mean, 
Alicia as an LAFC person. I mean, to watch them on TV, you had to get a YouTube TV subscription to watch uh, them oh. when they weren't on ESPN or mm. or whatnot, well, right? I had cable, so I watched them in Spanish, but the oh. Spanish broadcast always came through a tin can, so that was pretty interesting. <laughs> but if you wanted to listen to the announcers in English, you had to then go pay yeah. 40 bucks a month for YouTube TV right? Um, just and to then, watch um, them. No, I, I completely agree with you. I'm somebody who, like, I'm not saying that I would never um, go outside the legal means to watch <laughs> sports, but I'm kind of at a point in my life where I don't really want to uh, dig around. I don't really want to, like, deal with viruses that might come around. I don't want to deal with, like, 50 pop-ups on my computer. You know, I mean? Like, I just want something simple. If I have to pay a little bit for it, it's okay. But I totally agree that there's way too many services. They're, they're proliferating too much. Like... We, we have there's like a we need to find a balance between like there being a monopoly of like one entity owning everything and then really jacking up the prices and like 50 entities having little bits and pieces all over the place that yeah. you have to subscribe to all these different things neither one is a good solution we need to have something in the middle where you can do it in two or three chunks get pretty much everything you need and then you're all set um I would pay yes. for that, but if it's, you know, 17 different things, I can do that. Well, I think it's it's a little hard, especially, like, for guy, for people like me, yeah. because I, I'm a football fan, I'm a hockey fan, a baseball fan, a soccer fan, and, you know, even with just soccer, you know, I'm a fan of, uh, of the Earthquakes, Reno 1868, Manchester United, Genoa from Italy, so it's like, <laughs> I can't afford to pay, you know, yeah. to watch all those teams, and and uh yeah that's what, and I'm, i was a little disappointed that they didn't have any champion uh uh champions league on tv because well, they yeah. have premier league they do didn't they yeah the the tottenham versus uh uh inter milan was on oh, tnt but, today so I'm, so, I'm trying time. i mean good games games that people want to watch <laughs> hey it was an amazing game for me um <laughs> But going back to what you guys are saying, I mean, uh, Alicia and, and any LA sports fan will will know this. I mean, to watch the Dodgers and LAFC, you're going to end up spending having to get two cable subscriptions basically to get something through Spectrum and something through YouTube TV. And really, you're only doing that to get a sports team. I mean, it's it's it is very ridiculous how things have been spread out on that. Um, even with like the Premier League, where it used to be NBC showed every single match if your provider had like the extra channels. Um, and now if you want to watch those like random matches, matches between Bournemouth and Huddersfield or something like that, you have to now go pay for the NBC gold subscription to watch those matches, which is, again, it just adds up. So I understand John's frustration of wanting to find free ways to watch this. And even you, Alicia said, you said, you know, it's like, don't want to, but it's getting to the point now it's that balance. Like at some point you're going to be like, heck no, I'm not going to now fork out this money to TNT, this money to Fox, this money to ESPN, this money to YouTube, this money to DirecTV, just so I can watch all the teams that I want to watch. Um, yeah, there needs this to is be why that. you support local, everyone. Because... <laughs> but even that, if you want to if, if you want to watch Orange County on the road, you have to pay $5 a month for ESPN Plus. So I, I, again, that one I think is an awesome deal. I mean, I'm not trying to plug ESPN Plus because we're a USL-based team and all this. They don't sponsor us, but I mean, heck, five bucks a month compared to what you have to pay on some of these other things. Two ninety nine for one Champions League match, forty bucks a month for LAFC if you want to watch it in English. Whatever Spectrum charges for their cable with sports to watch Dodgers, like eighty bucks a month or whatever that may be. I mean, 
when you do that, okay, five bucks isn't too bad. Um, let's not hang out on this too much because we're already <laughs> running a little bit long. I want to just sort of wrap things up here. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to end it the way we always do, a random thought. It can be a random soccer thought or it can be a random thought about anything, probably a book from Dylan. Um, let it, let's go with um, let's go with our uh, guest of the year award winner, Alicia. Uh, what's your random thought you want to share with our listeners? Um, of course, my mind goes blank at this moment, but um, <laughs> no, um, I think it's been a really good season, um, as I keep saying. But you know, as somebody who has covered this team through some good times and some bad times, um, you know, it really was a, a season to to cherish. Um, and it's something that I'm going to be probably writing about before the end of the year. Um, so I think it's just really important to kind of remember how cool the season turned out to be. Um, yes, Orange County SC didn't make it to the, to the final, um, they came just short, but hopefully the team can regroup and can come back stronger. If that, if they can do that, then they should be in the title game next year. Um, and it could be an even better season, but these, these kind of seasons don't necessarily roll around every, every year. So, um, I'm really glad that we, we, ha we got to experience this great season and hopefully, uh, hopefully the next one will, will be even better. Awesome. Uh, John, what about you? Any last, uh, random thoughts? Um, no, I, I finished Red Dead Redemption too, finally. So that's been pretty nice. That's been a that majority uh it's just a long game i mean <laughs> I, I sacrificed a lot of my life ray <laughs> to uh to finish it but uh it's like a solid like 60 70 hour game like i i yeah i don't know i'm pretty sure i put more miles on that horse than i've actually put on my own car like ever <laughs> for those of you who don't know red dead red dead redemption is a cowboy western themed grand theft auto basically yes um, yeah and if you don't know what Grand Theft Auto is, then go look it up on the internet because I'm not going to dig deeper onto that. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if they still make them. Do they still make those big fat books you can buy at like GameStop for like 20, 30 bucks that show you how to like basically get through the game super quick and and not not uh, basically just cheat your way through the yeah, game? Yeah, strategy guide. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the company that's well <laughs> known for making them is going under. Okay. So currently, yes. Uh, in the future, no, I don't think so. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tried that game yet. Um, I pretty much play FIFA online. So, uh, Dylan, your random thought: What book All are right. we going to read well, now? Speaking of FIFA online, actually, I just started playing uh, FIFA Ultimate Team. Ooh. Um, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm doing at all. So, uh, someone please help. Please tweet and tell me what I'm doing or what to do. Um. Other things, uh, Greg Berhalter, I hope that's how you say his name, is, I think, set to be the new U.S. men's national team manager. So that's some other news about mismanaged things. And then uh, this eggnog, John, is okay. Uh, oh, it okay. off strong, but it's Oh, not man. Did you have too much? No, I had a really <laughs> small amount, actually. Is this the pumpkin spice eggnog? Yeah, this is the pumpkin spice eggnog. Um, I don't touch eggnog, so I have no idea what it would, what even regular eggnog tastes like. So. Honestly, I think I would give it like a five out of ten. What? Oh, yeah. get out of here! I've enjoyed um, having you on the show. Yeah, John's not coming back on, or is Dylan <laughs> being kicked off the show because John? <laughs> yeah, no, me. I got the wrong MVP, and now I'm. <laughs> trash. 
I've known. But the last thing is actually a literature recommendation. And yeah, of course it is. Um, maybe someone, yeah, someone's probably complaining, probably Ray, that like whatever I have been suggesting for the last six probably weeks is maybe a little too highbrow. So um, this one's a novel, but it's nice and simple and uh, kind of feel good story. It's called The Dog Stars by Peter Heller. Um, it's like 200 pages. It's really quick read. I'd highly recommend it. It's about a guy and uh, his dog. So um, instead of listening to this podcast, or when you're done listening to this podcast, uh, you can uh, you can go listen. You can go listen to an audiobook of that, or, or go <laughs> read it. Our instead of listening to our podcast, go read a book. Really. Well, since I'm already apparently like most likely being kicked off of this <laughs> podcast, John, are I'm you looking all for it? Podcast. You can be the new OC or Orange and Black. Soccer cast oh, yeah. with me, you know. I'll, I'll cover uh, Reno and uh, Orange County at the same yeah. time. We'll just do. We'll just let's just marry our podcast together, and we'll just do a, a linked podcast. Uh, I'm ordained minister, so I can lately. preside over this um, meaningless reunion. <laughs> or sorry, meaningless union. <laughs> sorry, can... we're just Dylan. We're gonna have to have a talk about marketing there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you can still read the book and listen to our podcast. Our podcast isn't 24-7. There's still time in the day to read a 200-page book. Probably have to take like three months to read it, but do it. And then you can listen to our podcast each and every week while you're doing it. Alicia's there just cracking up at, at what we're saying here. I can make welcome, this Welcome to the pod, man, Alicia. <laughs> oh, it's funny because like two – okay, so Dylan says the book is 200 pages, so it's an easy read. And you two guys are like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> what are you talking about? Cat so in the hat. Is, it's easy. It's yeah, easy right. English. It's well written to where it flows nicely. You don't have to try and get into it. It just starts. <laughs> I'm looking at like 30 oh, pages. Choose your own most. adventure. That's an easy read. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's not literature. <laughs> that is really good literature, especially when you get to the one that ends in like three pages. Totally. You make two decisions oh, and you're dead. You started and so you died. Play the there organ you, go. you just play the organ trail. Oh, your your whole family has dysentery. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then two minutes yeah. later, you're done. And you have to bury the guy. Yeah. But did you did, see? Here's the thing, though, Dylan, did you play classic Oregon Trail where it was like classic style, not Eight like bit. the newer versions of it? So like the 8 bit, like it came on the yeah, floppy like disk? Apple, the Apple Circa 1990 computer. something? Uh, no, 80-something, probably. Oh, okay. So I guess I have the newer one from the 90s, but it's still like very 8-bit and still... Like, <laughs> it's hard. It's it hard. Oh, you <laughs> like make food, there get salmonella, and die. Look at this. See, we always do this. At the end of the episode, we always get into random stuff. Hey, I need to get... <laughs> I need to get to my random fact, and because Dylan brought up FIFA, I'm just going to jump to FIFA um, because, yeah, that is what we're going to talk about here. So I'm going to actually jump on here really quick. I need to share my screen here really quick to show you. Dylan, you want to know how to win in FIFA. I don't know if my screen is sharing, but if it isn't. It is. Uh, it is. I'm so, like really Yeah, small. we're looking at Zencaster, right? Um, <laughs> That's what she said. Here we go. <laughs> I'm not supposed to say these things. <laughs> oh, censorship. <laughs> So let me do this. I need to, I, how do I get it to actually show up on like the big screen? I have no idea what I'm doing here. You're, you're fine. Oh, is it showing on the big screen? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. There we go. Well, I don't know if it's showing on the feed though. There you go, Dylan. That's is how that you Eddie have... Howe? Is that your manager? Yeah. Cause I needed an English guy to see when you do your FIFA <laughs> ultimate team, you need to have good chemistry. And if you notice, I only have two premier league players. They're both Spurs players, but to get trippier at a full chemistry of 10, I needed an English manager. So that's what well, that, but that uh, had to have a manager. I've, I play a lot of FIFA, but never, uh, 
the card that, shenanigans. That's the secret of Ultimate Team with chemistry. You need to have a manager that fixes your chemistry. So I have him, but I made him a Premier League manager, or not Premier League, a Portugal manager, because I have a half a team of Portugal players or Portugal League players over here that I wanted to make sure they have good chemistry. By the way, this card right here, Boss Dost, the scary card we were talking about a, a couple weeks ago with um with our esports player um, that joined us. This guy is a beast right here. Um, if I could show you, I, Alicia's like looking. I don't know if you know if you know this game, Alicia. Um, I mean, I don't I don't play FIFA. I actually am in my second winter of trying Football Manager. So okay. that I'm, is always fun. How was that? Yeah. Um, it's hard, but you <laughs> yes. know, I just do it for fun. Like I'm not really one of those like burn eight hours at a time doing it. Um, John, that's worse than a 200 page book, right? right? Now. You're throwing some shade at me right now. Well, no, you can play. <laughs> you can read a book and play Football Manager at the same time. Oh, totally. You won't right. be very good at either of those things, <laughs> but you could do both at the same time. No, I so mean, I, I was in grad school, so we used to like burn through books in a day too, but um, but I don't have the time for that anymore. So I just, you know, I read for fun. I play football. Man you know, basically soccer is life, you guys. Soccer is life. <laughs> um, I got a family. I got a little, like an hour or two a day to do something else. And so I, what do I do? I play football manager. Of course I do. So. And I do FIFA Ultimate Team when I have my couple hours a day to do it. Uh, just a quick thing before we end here. This is the card. If you're looking at if you can see my screen, I don't know if the, the users can see it on the or the viewers can see it on the screen, but I know those of you that are on here, Boss Dost, scary card, 84 rated. It doesn't seem that good, but his 90 pace as a six foot five player on FIFA Ultimate Team, this guy gets his head on everything. Um, and then you have to have some good crossers. So, of course, I have Alex Tellis and Kieran Trippier. They both are good at making a cross. So, um, but again, Make this is I mean this isn't the greatest team you're ever gonna see, but this is my team and I really can't make it any better unless these players get better. What do you have this on? Uh FIFA Ultimate Team Xbox One. Ah, uh, dodging a bullet with that Xbox. Can we talk about the fact that you have eight thousand eight hundred and twenty-five emails. <laughs> what? Yeah, right. Oh my right, god. Oh up here. <laughs> Check your email, Ray. Sheesh. <laughs> you know what it is, is um I mean, I'm an ex. You guys got to stop getting off my screen now. <laughs> yeah, you should probably not. No, that's 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 my email uh, address. My um, I used to be a, a traveling DJ, so or I'm traveling DJ, uh, a mobile DJ <laughs> for like DJ. weddings and stuff. And I used to uh, that was my D my DJ email. That's my personal email now. But because uh, I had a website with that email address on it and all this information, I get so many spam emails um, on it every single day. Um, Plus, I, I read my emails, but I don't like I only read the ones that are that look important <laughs> and I don't delete emails. So. All right. So I, 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 I don't have here. anything to say at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to end here. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> great. Awesome. Um, I want to thank our guest that joined us, John Macaluso from 1868 Weekly. Alicia, Angels on Parade, our guest of the year winner. Um, Dylan, as always, joins us each and every episode, but who knows? He might not be back because he just uh, told you guys to read instead of listen to us. So we might have to bring in, yeah, we might have to bring in John full time now. Um, John, I can't pay you anything, but you can always do what you do. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan's an awesome part of this podcast. Um, for those of you listening, uh, I forgot to let everyone know we are part of Beautiful Game Network, BGN.fm. You can follow them on Twitter at the BG 
NFM. John's podcast, 1868 Weekly, is part of that group, plus a lot of other great podcasts to listen to. Also, Angels on Parade, if you want to get more news information or anything about Orange County Soccer Club or LAFC, uh, check out Angel on Parade. They're a great source for all that information. They've been covering OCSC for a few years now. Uh, how many years has it been now, Alicia? Four. Four years. They were the blues when they were covering it. Um, and for those of you that are listening, uh, that have come back, you're a repeat listener. Thanks for coming back each and every episode. For those of you that are listening for the very first time, head on back to some of our previous episodes. You can find out which player is the player that, uh, I voted for, for fan favorite. Uh, I think we said his name at some point in here, but yeah, reference. Yeah. But go back and, and listen anyways. Uh, but so far guest for Dylan, for you, the listener, thanks for listening. Um, I don't think there's anything else to say except for this is Ray with the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Podcasts are a great way for your business to advertise to target audiences. And the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is looking for advertisers like you. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, please email us at info at orangeandblacksoccercast.com. The Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with many other soccer podcasts, many of them focusing on the USL. We're now part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm.